I think that what we're hearing a lot of at the moment is not necessarily from a customer standpoint, we want AI or we need it, but actually it's how can your AI platform help our customers in a better way? And I think Mm. those are the better questions like to be asking. And even with organizations, it's not so much, how can I get AI into my product? How can I put the two letters at the front of my logo or the front of my brand name? No, it's actually, why don't you look at your customer journey? Why don't you identify where there is a problem in that customer journey? And let's see if we can apply AI to that to make it better. And actually, when you do it in that way, you're kind of reverse engineering it. Welcome back to another episode of People of Product. My name is George Brooks. And on today's episode, I had the pleasure to talk with Lamise Butt. Lamise is the Senior Vice President of Global Alliances and Channels at Zuvu. Now, Zuvu is an AI content discovery platform for enterprise businesses, and she has more of a decade's worth of experience in managing global partnerships and business transformation. She's passionate about improving the buyer experience and efficiently reducing employee workloads. But honestly, what I found is that she's passionate about bringing value, intentionally bringing value to her customers, to her clients, and that they bring value to their customers. Zulu is an incredible platform using AI and technology to customize or personalize the experience of buying online, but also uh, not only in the B2C to space, but as they explore the B2B space as well, helping people really make sure they're personalizing that value offer to their customers. Now, the fun part of that was, As we're talking about digital transformation in the age of what feels like a slowdown in tech, Lamise is all about saying, if we just focused on customer experience, if we just focused on customer value, if we experiment and learn more carefully to better understand what our customers need and how we can serve them in a personalized way, we're going to change the world. So I think you're going to love this conversation. Let's jump right in. Lamise, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm super excited to talk to you. I want to first hand it straight over to you. Why don't you give a little bit of introduction to yourself, your background, and what you do every day? Sure. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. My name's Lamise, based out of London in the UK, and I currently lead alliances, so partnerships for a company called Zuvu, which is an AI discovery platform. My journey to kind of where I got to today is a bit of a winding road, uh, which is probably uh, quite common, but I started out doing a politics degree um, back at university. Actually, pre that, did a law degree um, for a year, dropped out because it just was not for me, um, and always had... Uh, a passion for building things so I was the kind of child that wasn't you know I didn't play with Barbie dolls but I actually loved Lego I was just always uh, building kind of with bricks from the ground up and I think that translated itself into kind of my young adult years into building businesses and so I had a few side hustles when I was at university one of them being kind of a a personal shopping company. And it was a one-to-one approach that I was doing. And actually my audience uh, was men. They needed help uh, kind of in the space that they were in, which was either trying to uh, get a, have a date, go for a date, uh, get into a relationship, um, or they'd been recently divorced and were looking to get back on the market. And so I'd I'd found that there was a real problem um, for the audience that, that I was serving. 
And after doing it for about two years, I was like, right, I want to scale this because this clearly isn't just a, uh, you know, a small problem. This is a worldwide problem um, that I'm sure affects men everywhere. And so from that, uh, an app called My Mannequin was born, which was my first startup. Uh, and essentially, it was an app you would come to, you would ask a, a series of uh, you'd be asked a series of questions and it would aggregate an outfit for you where you could purchase from the app kind of the, the full outfit. So I've always been interested in uh, building things uh, and technology specifically. Uh, startup failed quite naturally. I was in my early 20s, made a ton of mistakes and uh, learned from them, but then went into the corporate world and navigated the corporate space uh, at a company called Mercedes-Benz. I'm sure everybody's familiar with the automotive company, Mercedes-Benz. Uh, Travelled out of a suitcase for a few years, really helping Mercedes-Benz transform how they sell cars. So that concept of digitization, it used to be on pen and paper when you would go into a store, uh, into a retailer, and now it's actually all digitized. And that was uh, the, the project that I was rolling out for them. Uh, across Europe. And then I stumbled uh, across a company called Zuvu. And I've been with them now for nearly uh, half a decade, uh, doing a number of different roles within the organization. And finally, have, uh, as I said in the beginning, have found my way to leading our partnership channel, which is essentially how we're going to scale our growth uh, as a company. I love, you, you talk about it being a winding path, right? I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Every single person we've had on the podcast, including myself, uh, yeah, it's a winding path. Even though I've been, you know, with my company, the company that I founded four, 15 years ago, it's still a winding path, uh, figuring out who yeah. we are and what do we want to be when we grow up and all those those big questions. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that. Well, why don't, why don't for, for our listeners who, who maybe do or don't know who Zuvu is, why don't you tell them a little bit more about that so we know the context that we're talking in today. What do you, what does the company do? What do you do? What's the problem you're solving in the world? Sure. So ultimately the problem that we're solving is for people like you or I, you know, we're consumers. I don't know when the last time you bought something online was, I mean, mine was Often. literally, <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine was literally 10 minutes before this podcast. So, um, the, and the difficulty is when we're shopping online, we're overwhelmed with choice, you know, whether it's a laptop that we're buying or a washing machine, it might even be a bike. The truth is, is that we just, we have too much choice that we can't actually make a decision of which is the right one for our needs. And so when you go in store, for example, it's a very different experience. You have a conversation with a salesperson and they really are product experts. They understand their products, not only the kind of the technical specifications, but how that would match to your human needs. And so they'll mm. ask you, you know, what are you using this for? Um, you know, for, for a laptop, is it for homework or is it for, for school? You know, what do you like to do on the laptop? Well, I like to blog and I travel a lot and I like to store everything on my laptop. And those are very human questions to be asking as opposed to RAM, CPU that you currently find on websites. And so what Zuvu does, is we really do digitize that sales process. And the goal is to connect our customers with their end consumers by providing them the product for their needs in the most streamlined way. So it can be a, you know, a series of experiences, whether that's kind of guided selling, visual configurators, intelligent search. Um, and we power all of that through commerce platforms. I love it. And that seems, I mean, maybe... This is why you ended up there, but like that sounds a little bit like uh, your first startup when you said <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ask people what matters to them, who they are, understand them, and then curate 
the best product for them to buy, right? I mean, like that, you've been talking about that through your whole career. I have. And it's the universe works in funny ways, because I think if you told me, you know, over 10 years ago that I would be with this company for for as long as I have been um, and still have the passion that I have today, as I did have on day one, um, I've I found that quite uncommon. And I feel very grateful to have that same passion that it, it runs very deep with me. And I think that's probably why. I love it. I love it. Well, okay. So since starting that startup ages ago, and now being at this company for a period of time, the world has shifted a bit in the last, yeah. say, 18 to 24 months, right? Mm. We've seen a softening in the tech industry. We've seen uh, organizations pull back on their spending. We've seen funding of startups being way down. Yet the world still needs to move forward. Yeah. What should people be thinking about in this moment, in this time, in light of all of this kind of uncertainty? I think that there's a, you know, a saying that goes, you know, don't let a crisis go to waste. Um, and I think in these moments, in these moments of uncertainty, we have to be able to find the, uh, the, the beacons of hope and the light and there and there definitely is and the worst thing that any organization founder entrepreneur organization could do is to stay still mm. uh, is to freeze in that moment because if you freeze uh, you will fall behind very very quickly because in these moments that yes it's not, you know, the macroeconomic environment isn't great, but actually this is a really good time for any organization, small or large, to be looking inward at their organization, trimming fat, figuring out, and I don't mean resources, I just mean, you know, how can we be doing things better? Having a look at how you're operating and is there a more efficient way of doing things? And actually, this is where I find technology does come into it. And so despite that it, you know, it's not a great uh economic environment as an organization if you can be providing true and real value to your customers whether that's in the b2c world or in the b2b world actually you will continue and you will remain to you'll remain to grow because actually the value that you're adding um you know is tenfold as it can you know in, in terms of the competitors out there yeah we we have noticed amongst our customers and the conversations that we're having across the marketplace that there has been a shift. So maybe people aren't necessarily investing in net new, you know, from mm -hmm. zero to one products, as I like to call them, that like nothing exists. Let's build something that didn't exist yesterday. Instead, we hear a lot of folks are saying, "How do we get more of what I currently have?" Mm -hmm. Right. So whether it's a CMS platform, how do I optimize that, that, that mm -hmm. content management platform to do better for me? Or yeah. it's my CRM. How do I optimize that CRM? Or how do I optimize the tool that we did custom build? Right. We, we are keeping it alive and we had plans to add all these features, but now we're really in a season where we just need to get more out of what we have. And that's yeah. from a tooling perspective, that's one piece. Yeah. But I hear you saying that it's also about the people side of things, right? So how do we maybe if we're not planning to hire at the rate that people were two years ago, how do we get more out of the people we have now? What, what do you see people doing or what do you recommend people be thinking about as they're kind of making those hard decisions about how to get more out of what we currently have? There's that common phrase of, uh, you know, how can I do more with less? And, right. you know, and so when you're thinking about your sales team, the way I like to think about it is imagine your best, whether it's salesperson or accounts person, maybe even customer service person. 
what are the conversations that they are having with their with your end consumers that are producing results mm-hmm. and whether it's a sales conversation that's producing results whether it's a service conversation that's triaging res- finding the resolution to the problem in the sh- in the shortest time frame it's those conversations that you need to capitalize on and essentially either digitize them, make them repeatable um, and ensure that you're you're meeting, you're having those conversations and meeting them with your customers wherever they are. And so a lot of the stuff that we do at Zuvu um, with our customers is to really ensure that whether it's a internal salesperson or it's the end consumer, that these types of human conversations to solve the problem at hand, whether it is trying to find a washing machine, or even in the B2B world, I am trying to procure a series of um, dental products for the surgery that I run. Sure. I'm running I'm running 40 surgeries this week, and I need to get all of this implant equipment for the dentists you know, typically they would have to call their account representative at this organization to sit on the phone and get a quote, which typically, you know, takes a week because they have to speak to lots of different teams. And then there's a back and forth for stock and availability. But actually the beauty of something uh, like Zuvu and what we do is we actually empower the end customer to be able to make and build these quotes online and then actually transact, which especially in the B2B world was unheard of uh, because of the complexity of those products the compatibility rules the compliance and so again you know in the b2b world it's just about reimagining and rethinking how to operate um because you can still be profitable you can still hit targets you just need to rethink um how you do things well and i think what's interesting about that and and understanding a bit about what your tool does and your platform your solution does is is that that that, like you said, can be extremely nuanced, both in the B2C or B2B place, mm-hmm. right? So we we say that maybe B2C is a little bit more simple, but we've already talked about the fact that each product, there's so much decision fatigue. Okay, I'll just, yes. little, little self-admitted here. I love restaurants. I love going out to eat. I'm kind of a foodie in that way. I hate menus that have more than like 10 things on them. Yeah. I just want I, give me, just tell me what the best thing is and tell me what, you know, here's the things I like, just curate that, you know, chef, can you please make me this? Like if I had a perfect world, I just have a chef that can make it, you know, uniquely <laughs> in that way. And I think what you're saying is how does someone know that patron, that customer, that client that well, they actually know what the perfect meal for them is. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a nuanced thing. The things that I love to eat is not what my wife loves to eat, which makes right. going out to eat a difficult thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think that there's something to be said around how do people spend more time? Maybe that's the question. How do, how do people spend more time understanding their customer or understanding their client or collecting that or digitizing that? What are the questions they should be asking to get the right uh, recipe, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, a lot of the work that we do is especially, so 
obviously we've got net you know net new customers let's just say and then our current customer base and a lot of what we do is, is different um different programs with both so from a net new perspective let's just say we took on a new customer uh and we built them some beautiful discovery experiences and we had them on their website typically what we would do is we test and learn for the first six to eight weeks because what we want to be able to do is aggregate the data from the conversation so from each session from each uh potential customer that is going through that series of questions we're learning we're constantly learning and understanding how those customers behave where were they getting stuck in that question flow actually maybe that question was a little bit too complicated maybe slightly too technical for that customer and then what we can start to do is with all of that data segment and understand our customers even better in order to then retarget at a later stage and so it's really about in this time you mentioned earlier getting more from what you have it's mm. actually about being able to let's just say you are the you you know you are the brand at this point so let's just say you're a bosch for example mm -hmm. and you know how do bosch in today's world uh future proof themselves to grow to progress to retain the customers that they have and a lot of this is going to be about deeply understanding their current customers so how do they deeply understand you know that those current customers they need to be able to you know understand their preferences the jobs to be done how often those jobs you know need to be done and then be able to serve them in the right way with you know time and budget in play because what you don't want to be doing let's just say um Bosch will typically be serving professionals who need to buy maybe a series of different power tools for different projects that they're on. But if you start to understand that you're, you're serving maybe self-employed people um, and they, they mm -hmm. maybe purchase uh, every three to six months, actually what you can start to do is tailor your campaigns around a specific group and actually retarget them based on those campaigns to encourage them to purchase based on their time frame of purchasing but right. actually there's an incentive there on their end and so that's just an example of uh how to in in one segment understand your customer a little bit better in the in the time and, and the world that we're in today well i think what's interesting about that i mean we've definitely heard <clears throat> the language of like personalization has been hmm. a big part of the product space for a long time well, not actually that long. I mean, it's it feels like it's been a rapid growth that everybody's trying to personalize their products. Yeah. But what, what you're talking about is, yes, that is the end goal, is to create a personalized experience that's going to get the best value from almost a one, a seemingly a one-to-one -one relationship, even though the technology is facilitating it being a one-to-many. Right. And so I think what's what's fascinating about that is what I hear you saying is that we, uh, the, the Bosch, for example, so my, my, actually my father-in-law does, uh, he's a carpenter ah. and he's more of a DeWalt guy we won't say okay. anything about that, but we <laughs> talked about that. And I said, well, why do you pick DeWalt over Bosch? And he yeah. said, well, I, you know, it's, it's funny, the local store that I had, it was the first product I built. And then it was like that battery works with this product. And now now DeWalt can retarget him in every way possible. And he has a thousand DeWalt products. Could yes. he have a mix and match? Yeah, of course he could. But it happened to be the local retailer, the local thing. Now he buys it all online. It's fine. Right. But the same idea now that he's personalized to that experience of saying, well, I don't need to sell you another drill. We already know mm. you have three, right? 
what maybe we can think about is a, a new saw or a new table saw or a new sander or whatever that might be. Yes. Because there's a, we probably know that if you're doing this type of work, you need these other tools. Yeah. That personalization, that's hard to get right. Cause mm -hmm. we could just be saying, Hey, we're known for our drills, buy more drills. Yeah. Um, but you're saying there's a bigger story to be had there, especially in, if we're talking about kind of the B2C space or the, mm. the selling products online, which is your, your specialty of that, that we can create that personalized experience. Yes. And because uh, a lot of, you know, what you've said, you've had, used such a good example there around power tools. And actually, this is transferable. So you could say uh, Canon for cameras and the yeah. lenses and all of the different parts and components that are compatible with the core camera. And actually, maybe somebody doesn't want to buy all of them up at once. But again, the power of using um, a discovery platform or a tool like that. Um, and, and specifically with Zuvu, what we are able to do is through asking that type of series of questions, getting to the end result, let's just say it's a lens for uh, a photographer, uh, sorry, a camera, we'll mm -hmm. also recommend the associated product. So we'll recommend the right lens for you for the types of photography that you want to do. So you've said you want to do event photography typically uh, evening events, so it's late at night, so we know that you need um, low aperture, and we know that you need specific lenses to solve, to, to solve that problem that you have or that need. But let's just say that customer doesn't actually want to purchase it at that moment in time, but can kind of see and know what it is. He probably won't remember that he's been recommended that lens, you know, three weeks down the line. But to know that we could recommend that associated product because we knew that he purchased that camera is really important information. And that's the that's the type of deep understanding of your customer that, that's kind of necessary. So it's, it's the entire end-to-end -end customer journey. It's right at top of funnel. How do I get them in and how do I help them discover the products that they need? Be able to recommend the product, but also associated products uh, to solve their needs. And then also be able to collect that data in order to be able to retarget and then close that loop again. Okay. So now I'm curious, I want to go a little deeper into maybe Zuvu or into your teams. So this is something I'm always curious about is when a, when a company like yours, it seems like it's providing such an incredibly valuable product to the end user that mm. talks about personalizing their experience to their customer. How do you, or how does Zuvu, how do, how do you do that for yourselves? So when you think about optimizing, building a better product, creating a better tool, that's going to serve your customers so they can serve their customers. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe this is a, a, maybe you do or don't do it well. I mean, the, the question is, is how do you feel like you're doing that for yourselves or you see your team saying, we're trying to better understand our customer. We're trying to listen better. You talked a little bit about the onboarding experience that test yeah. and learn. Yeah. But I'm curious what else, what else happens inside of your company as you optimize to build a better solution for your customers? It's really interesting. And actually, there's a couple of things that we, we always joke about. It's like getting high on your own supply. And it's, it's, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we talk about we're in the business of simplicity. That that's you know that's what it is. We are simplifying quite complex uh, journeys 
customer purchases. So we want to make everything simple. And how can we, if you land on the Zuvu.com website now, how can we help you understand what we do, how we can serve you, our customers better? And actually, we'll be using our own technology in order to help guide you to the right potential product studio tool that we have within our platform that would solve the problem uh, that you currently have. And that will kind of transcend through into um, our partner ecosystem as well. It's what we do for our partner network. And so we really like to help both customers and partners understand the problem and then be able to be uh, surfaced a potential solution to that problem. And then again, if we want to have a deeper conversation, we, we absolutely do that. That's so good. I mean, because honestly, I've had that conversation and sometimes it, it stumps people where they go, oh, we don't actually we don't <laughs> do it for ourselves very well. So I always put people on the spot a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we struggle with that, right? We're, we're effectively a consultancy that works and helps people through these same processes. Yes. But then we look at ourselves and we go, are we doing what we're telling our clients to do? Uh, yeah. That's that's sometimes the harder thing. It's a lot easier to it tell is. other people to be better than it is to work <laughs> on ourselves, right? So that's yes. great. That's great. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up these two letters that go next to each other that we can't stop talking about this year. But tell me a little bit about um, how AI has been a part of the journey, about a part of the story of the, both the product. What are your clients asking for? It seems to be one of the few things people are putting funding into right now. What's um, how is that in play as people think about this transformational moment, both mm. because of AI, but also maybe that AI is the catalyst to be changing our perspective during a time of uncertainty. I'm curious mm -hmm. what, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, um, how that plays into your decisions. So and I, th I think that maybe five years ago or whatever, that those two letters when spoken, it was, oh my God, black box, iRobot, something was going to come out and, no, and really nobody had any idea what they were talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and everybody kind of said, we're AI, we do AI, but nobody could actually truly explain how and where AI was either integrated or applied into their product. And I think times have changed. I mean, we've been in the AI business, obviously, for the last, what, 10 years. And yeah. the, the, the bottom line is, is that AI really is um, a large set of data, uh, large data sets that have built models that train and learn again and again and again. Uh, and it's this repeatable motion. And we are, you know, we are lucky that we have been in the business for the last 10 years, because it's given us access to, uh, you know, quite a lot of data that we've been able to use, run, and um, kind of target better recommendations for end consumers with, which is which is really, really good. I think that what we're hearing a lot of at the moment is not necessarily from a customer standpoint, we want AI or we 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 need it, but actually it's how can how can your AI platform help our customers in a better way? And I think mm. those are the better questions like to be asking. And you know, even with organizations, it's not so much how can I just um how can I how can I get AI into my product? How can I um put the two letters at the front of my logo or the front of my um, brand name. No, it's actually, why don't you look at your customer journey? 
Why don't you identify where there is a problem in that customer journey? And let's see if we can apply AI to that to make it better. And actually, when you do it in that way, you're kind of reverse engineering it. You'll find that because you're adding a ton of value, it's going to stick and it's going to work. People are going to use it and they're going to want to use it. That's exactly how we've done it at Zuvu, where we understand where the pain points are in that customer journey. And so that's where we've really applied our AI to be able to say, so for example, the conversations that we create for what we create with brands, with retailers, with manufacturers, uh, to have these discovery experiences, let's just say over six weeks, we see a drop in the performance of conversion. And we look at it and we say, oh, I, you know, I wonder why we go into the Zuvu platform and what our AI has done is it will flag that there's been a bit of a drop off, number one, but two, it will say why it thinks that there's been a drop off. The question was too complicated. People were waiting there because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. And what it will do is it will recommend a better question for you to ask to hopefully unlock um, that flow of question in order to get the conversion. And that's the type of AI that you kind of want to be applying, which really solving a customer problem. Okay. So I have so many thoughts on that. One, uh, it's a focus on customer, uh, customer experience, experience, right? Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that it's the same thing we talk about when, you know, someone will come and say, I think I'm supposed to be doing something with AI. I'm like, yes, but are you serving your customer? Well, right, <laughs> let's, right. let's start there. Cause yeah. if you're not serving your customer well, now the AI yeah. is going to be trained on the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I love that. Then you take that into, okay, now that we're training this AI, the insights truly that can come out of it are because we care deeply first about solving problems and providing value for our customers, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're focused there, I mean, AI is a reflection. Ultimately, it's a reflection of who we are as organizations, as individuals, as teams. And what yeah. we train it to be is a reflection of us at scale or at sophistication in some way, right? Yeah. What what I'm excited about what you're saying there is, is it's a really practical and effective use of you saying we built a tool to be more like who we already were. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that's exciting. That's, that's where I go. That's what AI is supposed to be, right? That is where we could take it in a really positive uh, direction right. because it'll help us to do it at scale to help us to do it better. It'll help us be faster. It'll help us be more efficient, but ultimately it just helps us to serve our customer better. Exactly. And that's, that's the, that's the bottom line. I think that there's been a lot of fear around, and don't get me wrong, I, I completely understand, you know, the foundations of that fear. And I understand that put into the wrong hands, um, a lot of these principles can be taken out of context. And I, I understand that. But I think if you're just thinking practically from business practice, um, and, you know, programmatic, uh, approaches to growth. Actually, the way I like to think about it is the way where we are today is AI, generative AI is basically we've just hired a new intern. And what, what happens when you hire a new intern? They have to be trained. They have to go through like three months of onboarding, six months of onboarding. They have to go through all the manuals. They have to have all the questions, the conversations, at which point after three to six months, you'd put them in front of a customer and you'd say, you're ready now to be having those conversations and really 
perform at the way that the way we need you to, to perform. And so we're going through this learning phase at the moment, chat GBT, all of that. It's constantly learning from us every time we use it, which I think is fascinating. And so where we are today is not where we're going to be in a year. It's definitely not where we're going to be in five years. And I'm actually quite excited about what that journey looks like, because as you say, it's only going to optimize, make us more efficient and really enable us to serve the end customer so much better. It's exciting, overwhelming, and <laughs> I mean, as a creative, as a curious person, I go, "Ooh, what, what what's going to happen?" I think that if you you could you can imagine someone who is more like, you know, what I check in and I check out and I do my work and I go home every day. It do, it can seem like a threat, and so I understand yes. where that that fear comes from. To your point, but I'm excited, so we'll see, yeah. we'll see. Um, okay, so I'm curious. We've talked a little bit about the how do we personalize experience to, mm -hmm. to the end user? How do we think about making sure that our products are doing the same thing that we're telling our clients to do, which is to really be focused on the problem, really find that solution and then use the tools, whether it's AI or a platform approach or whatever to optimize mm -hmm. the best experience, best customer experience for our, our customers, our clients. Where do you think people accidentally most of the time accidentally, because I think people's intentions are usually really good. Where do people accidentally go wrong? Where do they find themselves going, ah, I wanted to serve our customer better. I wanted to personalize that experience. I wanted to make sure that we were selling in the right thing at the right time, but we just missed, we missed it. Where, where are those, where are those parts where people get it wrong? I think there's a couple of places and I'll start with the first, which is a lot of organizations have made the leap to digital, some pre-COVID, some because of COVID. Um, and the pandemic was definitely an accelerator, a catalyst. I think the, the stat was it accelerated as 10 years, um, you know, ahead of what we would have done had the pandemic not happened. And I think that was a really great move for a lot of organizations to put us uh, on somewhat the same same playing field. But the misconception is that um, having a commerce platform is enough to serve our customers in the right way. Uh, a commerce, a website is simply an index, a library of products. And actually, if you have a library uh, of content and index, but with no navigation and no guidance of how to get to the product, to your uh, example in the beginning of a menu, actually you can't expect your customers to find what they need without that guidance. And so all you'll be doing is losing customers because they will be going to competitors who are serving them with a better experience. And so it's about brands, retailers, manufacturers, all really trying to flip that narrative that yes, okay, we have an e-commerce platform, we have an e-shop, but let's just go back to what's really important, which is that customer journey and simulate that one-to-one -one in store experience and how do we digitize that and find the right tools that will help you supercharge that commerce experience to uh, enable uh, 365 24 7 conversions on your website so you don't actually have to be doing it. it's passive income at this point that's kind of where we all want to be it's the um, dream it's, it's the, the dream, dream. Yeah. and so People just have to, you've made that great step, but you know, as they say, don't keep banging your head against a brick wall. 
it may not be working right now. And that's not because the commerce platform is wrong or incorrect. Don't don't make the mistake of, okay, maybe I need to switch commerce platforms. Yeah. No, how can I find tools to supercharge it, to leverage this and elevate it and take it to the next level? Well, and I, I mean, that's something I'm, I am transparently guilty of uh, chasing the shiny object of going, oh, well, that didn't work. Let's try something different, right? Um, and I think that my team, and if I listen well as a leader, my team is often saying, George, give it more time, give it more time and more, uh, uh, space and more intention for us to optimize it to what it was meant to be. And, and that's something one, it's, it's really hard because you're talking about ROI. You're talking about, right. is this worth continuing to spend money on it when yes. no one, we can't predict the future. We don't know for sure that it is or isn't yet. We've got certain indicators that tell us it could be. But as we, we experiment, test, learn, you know, kind of the lean model or agile models, then it allows us to say, no, we gave it at least the time that it needed. And we did start to see the results. And even if the results didn't end up saying that we stick with this same, you know, CMS, CRM, whatever, ERP, inevitably we will have learned what we do need, right? And so yeah. we're always optimizing. We're always looking for a better experience. But I think you're right. We see the same thing. I bought the tool. I installed the tool. No one used the tool. And so we deleted the tool. <laughs> and that's just not the answer, right? There, no. was, there was a gap. There was a gap somewhere. And I think it's about retrospectively looking and saying, okay, well, we, we actually purchased the tool for good reason. Re yes. Let's remember that. And perhaps maybe it was the implementation that kind of went off a little bit, or perhaps it was actually the execution, you know, the design of it that probably wasn't quite right. Let's just reframe that. Let's just finesse. And I think it's that um, process of finessing, fine tuning, polishing that actually that's where we see the results. Um, and I really like what you said there about kind of your team and kind of putting intention into it. And I, I love that because I think everything that we do, whether it's from business processes that start top of funnel. So marketing all the way through to kind of end implementation and success, actually everything should be intentional. Your marketing should be intentional. You know, your business development should be intentional. Your sales, everything that we do needs to lead with intent of value that serves the customer in the right way. Gosh, just, can we just make like t-shirts and posters and, and digital <laughs> signage that just, I just want to drive down the road and not see advertisements for dentistries. I want to see advertisements for what you're just saying right there. Cause like, I feel like that's what we need to hear more of is just that it's about intentionally yes. being focused on providing value. Yes. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm excited, but I, I, my last question, which you know, but, um, what's something you're hopeful for excited about? Um, motivated by right now? What's, as you think about the future in this space, in your company, in your, in your role, what's getting you excited? You know, it's really bizarre because a lot of people always say, God, you know, you're so lucky you get to work with really incredible brands. And don't get me wrong, I, I love, you know, we get to work with like Dyson, Amazon, Microsoft, and we do get to work with such incredible B2C organizations. But what's really, really exciting me right now, and I think it's going to continue over the next few years, is helping these really, uh, you know, not sexy, 
somewhat ugly and clunky b2b organizations transform how they do business because it's it's just revolutionary and actually the problem that they have is really they you know they 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 couldn't get past that wall and so to have been able to break that down and have them see such incredible results and then want to take that and scale it through for example um one of our partners is sap and 400,000 of their customers has this problem. And so it's just awesome to be able to go in and work with these customers, see us solve the problem and then really help them reap the return. So I think that's something I'm really excited about. And obviously we spoke about it, kind of the AI, generative AI piece as well, which, um, you know, Zuvu from a roadmap perspective, it's something we're constantly innovating with. Um, and we've got some new releases coming out towards the end of the year, which is going to be incredibly exciting. Um, but I, I, I do feel that we are, um, we're becoming a bit unstuck. I think this year, 2023 was quite tough at the beginning of the year. Everybody was almost just shooting in the dark and kind of just saying, let's just try this. We'll try this. And no one really knew what was going to work, but I think that everybody's had time to focus and think. And even if you haven't, you still have time to catch up, but actually people are now making moves and they're making strong strategic moves because they'd been well thought through for the last few months, which I think is incredible. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, you could be preaching to the choir. I mean, it's it is exactly <laughs> what we're feeling as well. I mean, it was a slow really Q1 through mid Q3. Yes. Uh, and we felt that across to anybody that we were working with, whether it was our partners or ourselves or our peers yeah. or whatever. And it feels like there's something about this end of year that people are going, oh, okay, well, there's nothing to stop us from keeping moving forward. And, and the tools are there and we're seeing some of these experiments play out. Like, let's start to turn the lights back on. Let's start to take a breath and get our, get our you know, take off that atrophy and starting to rework our muscles again. And that mm. feels, well, it feels good from a business perspective, but also I think that it feels like this is the right time. We, maybe the industry did need to come down from the COVID hype, right? Yeah. It needed to take a breath for a second it did. and go, okay, who are we? What's important? Yeah. Where do we go from here? Um, and then your pivot or your re refinement and your next, um, next phase of B2B, um, uh, offering value offering. I love it. Because Crema made that shift maybe six years ago, and we were doing, you know, as any early design dev shop does, yeah. we were just wanted to do consumer stuff because it was sexy and it was fun. It yeah. was cool. And then we realized it was like, there's so much more opportunity in boring software for big <laughs> companies, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and ultimately, we could go, well, that's not beautiful. It's not sexy, but it, it's actually more impactful because... Our, you know, our mission is to say that we, we want to use design technology and culture because ultimately you have to get people to adopt these things. Use, use these yes. things. Yeah, exactly. Yes. To help individuals and organizations thrive. So if the, if the organization is only thriving, then the individual leaves or they disconnect or they disengage. Mm -hmm. If the individual is only thriving, then the organization can't sustain to keep them employed or to bring value in the world. And yeah. so what we found is like, as we started to have these conversations with these big services firms, with these big enterprise firms, they were going, well, we want to do what the startups are doing, but we don't know how. We don't know how to make those personalized experiences. We don't know how to estimate this project uniquely to our, our customer. And I, I love that you're focused on that. I think there's a huge need still in that space. So well done. 
No, thank you. And yeah, love what you said. You've got the trifecta going there. And uh, yeah, really exciting. Well, I I always say this and I mean it. Uh, Thank you for doing what you do. Because inevitably, it is people that are desiring to do that intentional work uh, and to do it well and to serve people well that will change the world, right? Um, and that's that's a pretty special thing. There are only, um, I've met people that just don't care and I can definitely tell that you do. So, so thank you for doing <laughs> the work. And with that, I would love to roll out the red carpet for you. I'd love for you to go ahead and tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your your work, your organization, or anything else that you're working on right now. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm super active over there uh, for, you know, personal, professional. So my full name on LinkedIn. You can also check out the company, Zuvu.com and our website if you want to know more about uh, the services that we provide for for our customers. And a passion project of mine, something I'm incredibly passionate about is I've started my own podcast and it's called In Her Shoes. uh, And it's really about discovering the women behind the titles uh, in the hope that they're very real and remarkable stories to leadership will empower the next generation of leaders to rise oh as the dad of three daughters i <laughs> love that that is awesome 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 well thank you so much Lemise, for coming on the podcast and uh, i really appreciate you spending the time with us today thank you for having me People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a design consultancy that helps forward-thinking leaders discover, understand, and execute on their greatest opportunities. Learn more at crema.us. Mm-hmm.